This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejot and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac Speaking, a classic gunpoint family podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. I begin my look at the effect that the Zodiac had on popular culture with a film that was released while there were still purported Zodiac letters being received. And that was 1971, and the film is called, oddly enough, The Zodiac Killer. That is probably as close a relationship as this would have to the actual Zodiac, with an asterisk. Because this is a film that is, in one way, terrible. The dialogue is wretched. The editing is odd but interesting. The cinematography is okay. The acting is horrendous. And the director, Tom Hansen, didn't seem to really have a handle on how to present a film that deals with heavy topics without going into the exploitation space. And this is an exploitation film. That said, it has some interesting elements that tie it to the Zodiac both in the film and outside of the film. And many of the kills in The Zodiac Killer are actually lifted to a degree from the actual murders. There is a murder that is very much the Blue Rock Springs killing. There is one that is decidedly like the Lake Berryessa killing. There's even a couple kind of like Kathleen Johns. But there's also some really strange choices made. For one, the very first kill is walking down the street and he jumps and he stabs a woman as she's just walked out walking, which leads to the blood running into the cracks in the sidewalk in that form of sort of a T, and then a circle gets superimposed over it that says the Zodiac Killer. So, points for trying, but this is a hackneyed film. Hal Reed, Bob Jones, Ray Lynch, Tom Pittman, none of them have much in the way of talent, but... It does try some things. At one point, it tries to get you to believe one person is the killer, and it's not. There's a rather strange sort of police shootout. Uh, there's the providing of backstory that the guy who is Zodiac is supposedly just a regular guy, and he was sort of driven to it by his, the mental illness of his father. It's, it's muddled. It's incredibly poorly paced. There are probably no likable characters in it, and no one seems to have any real honest motivation but that said there is the first attachment of the zodiac to popular culture and this is important because at this point what was happening was the zodiac was always on the news always there and naturally exploitation films are going to try to latch on to it and make them out to be, you know, the next big thing. There were famous murders that people would release films within the month of. Uh, the most famous example, I think, is the uh, the crime of the century, the murder of Stanford White, where a piece was released within a week of the murder. But there was something else also going on here, maybe. And many times the director and producer, Tom Hansen, has claimed that he made it because he knew, one, the Zodiac was a film nerd, Two, that there is no way he could resist going to either the opening night or definitely to see a film about him. And three, that they could use this to catch him. And so what they did is they had everyone uh, write down, actually, 
the answer to a simple question, which was, I think the Zodiac kills because, and then they would drop their entries in supposedly to win a motorcycle by Kawasaki. From Kawasaki. What they didn't know is that there was someone in the box going through the answers, looking for anyone who had similar penmanship. That was at the RKO Golden Gate on, on April 7th, 1971. And if you look at it, that's a year and a few months after the last murder. But it is within a time frame because we were still getting letters because there was still active coverage that it was still very prime in the mind but honestly and twice we have interviews with hansen where he says that he did this as a way to catch the zodiac it seems thin the film itself is very thin it's difficult to watch at the same time as being somewhat engaging at times, there are, if you just look at it as a straight horror thriller, serial killer movie, kind of reminds me in a way of a less nuanced Man Bites dog. For example, there's a woman who is a psychic, and he's helping her change her tire, and he hits her and beats her with the tire. There's another one where helping her with the engine, and he jumps on the hood. But they're all so far removed from the actual Zodiac crimes. And as we look at more films that deal with Zodiac, we sort of pick out little pieces. And here, all the filmmakers care about are the actual murders. And that's important. When you look at a film like Zodiac, which is much, much more nuanced and far better, far better produced, far better reasoned, it's not really about the kills. This is strictly about the kills. That the meaning of Zodiac and the Zodiac killings were secondary and he threw something together just because it doesn't matter what the reasons are the kills were what counts and some of the kills here are pretty well done some are awful the variation on lake barriessa they do is just wretched well produced but the actors oh and actually the outfit that they made for uh, zodiac was pretty scrungy this is not a great film but it does show what they latched onto very clearly and as more come through, the sort of idea of how we unwrap it, because this isn't a true crime film here, this is a horror film. And once we get to the true crime films, it becomes certainly more impressive. The fact that this is so close to the crimes in time, and in the philosophy of trying to catch them, which I guess makes this an early version of uh, Up and Vanished, it really becomes a very important element in how the Zodiac in popular culture evolves.